Hey, howdy doody, how you doing? It's your host, Lindsay. You are listening to Life Through a Distorted Lens. I hope you've had a great weekend. I'm like, what day is it? It's Wednesday. Whenever I have uh, people come in town or, uh, you know, they leave on like, say, a Tuesday, I feel like the Tuesday feels like a Sunday. So I'm like, what day is it? Anyway, I'm just going to do a recap of this past weekend. We had our in-laws come in town, uh, you know, obviously my husband's parents, and we went to an event called Follow the Star. One of my neighbors told me about it. She's, she's a wonderful neighbor. I mean, all my neighbors are, by the way. Like, my mom is like, wow, if you could handpick neighbors, this would literally be, you know, all these neighbors that you have. And I'm like, I know. Uh, she, you know, she's, they've been really helpful letting us know local stuff that's been going on in the area, like Christmas stuff, uh, Christmas tree lighting, Christmas events, uh, or just places to go in general. Like Fredericksburg, I heard is awesome and is like a little tiny German town. We're definitely going to do that this month. And I'm like, oh, ger- cute little German town, Christmas themed stuff. And I mean, say no more. Like I am there. I love Christmassy stuff. And, you know, I feel like I definitely miss seeing that. Uh, you know, rejoicing Christmas and what it's all about, not just Christmas trees, but the birth of Jesus. Um, you know, that it wasn't really, uh, I don't know, just, there's just California and San Jose where we were living for so many years, so devoid of um, like authenticity and spirituality with, you know, God. And it just, you could feel it anyway. So I'm obviously over the moon living here. It's called Follow the Star and it's literally a live action, I guess that's what you can call it, um, it's a production featuring 10 defining moments in the life of Jesus. I'm just going to read you the little uh, pamphlet they handed out. Uh, first of all, I just love all of it because, uh, you know, our in-laws are in California still. And I was just ecstatic for them to see basically what freedom is like. You know, I, it, it is a really weird time to be alive where all of America, depending on where you live, some people are living with freedom and some people are not living with freedom which is um, ridiculous, but that's the reality of what's, you know, going on with this whole, uh, you know, coof stuff. <laughs> I'm going to try not to use that. Uh, words that get me banned. Oh, let's, let's really try. Anyway, so the scenes are, let me just read them off. Annunciation, an angel announces the birth of the Savior. Nativity, the humble birth of Jesus. Actually, let me go by, let me go by them one by one and explain them. Um, so this is so funny. We were picking up our, you know, the in-laws from the airport and we saw this light beacon in the sky and we're like, what is that? And we, we just didn't know. I was like, maybe it's a grand opening of something, but we started driving to follow the star. I'm like, oh, it's the follow the star. They have a, you know, basically a bat signal, but it's just a beam of light hitting the sky, which is really cool. Cause we were like, oh, we know what it is now. Anyway, uh, Annunciation, an angel announces the birth of the Savior. Actually, I'm not going to explain it all. I mean, I'll, I will if I f- feel so inclined, but that was cool. Uh, nativity, the humble birth of Jesus, where it's just literally, it's like scenes out of the Bible. Uh, you know, I grew up with these things being taught to me in books and movies, but it, it was just so special to see it really being acted out where it would be like a 10 second scene, uh, give or take. And, you know, they didn't like release us in groups to just walk through it really and go at your own pace. And you watch the scene, you know, people, the three wise men bring uh, Mary and Joseph uh, gifts and then they reset. They actually had a camel there. And let's see, the next one is triumphal entry. Jesus entering the city of Jerusalem. They're all like, Jesus, Jesus, uh, last supper. This was really cool. They basically, um, well, first of all, Jesus reveals his betrayer and promises his presence. And they were all like moving, you know, 
And then they pause and set that infamous Last Supper scene that we all know whether or not you're a Christian or not. I'm pretty sure everyone's seen that painting. And that was really cool. I just, it was just so magical to see it like this. I don't know, you know, right in front of you, humans reenacting stuff in the Bible. Um, the next one is betrayal. Jesus is betrayed with a kiss. I think that whole story is where um, someone who is a traitor basically was told, or uh, they're like, you know, I don't know why, just, just just how it was in the Bible. You know, whoever he kisses is the one that they're going to arrest, and he wound up kissing Jesus. Um, I know it sounds weird, but um, it's just when you read the Bible and you really start like, um, discovering it for yourself, it makes so much more sense. I'm awful at explaining it. I really do feel like it's also a thing that only you can understand by reading it. You know, I can explain snippets, but I think it's a thing where... If you're confused, I think that's definitely the time to open the Bible because I've seen actually literally today there was this Bible verse someone posted on Instagram and I was like, what? That is weird. I don't, I don't understand that. But guess what I did? I opened my Bible and was like, what is this? You know, uh, just read about it and basically taking it into context because it's, it's like, uh, I think it's actually Luke. It is Luke. Uh, I'm so close. Luke 14. Uh, 1426, and it says, If anyone comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. And I read that, and I was like, wow, why is this talking about hating your family and your brothers and sisters? I don't get it. But then I read it in context, and Jesus, or um, large crowds were traveling with Jesus and turning to, the, turning to them, he said that, what I just read you, and then continues, And whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Uh, suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? For if you lay the foundation and are not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule you, saying this person began to build and wasn't able to finish. Um, so on and so forth. Basically, uh, it's saying um, in the same way, like, those of you who do not give up everything you have cannot be my disciples. And I think that's the most important part of this uh, Luke verse, Luke fourteen thirty three. Um, is, and I find it also to be very relevant nowadays where people are like, you know, their corporation or their job is like, we're not, we don't care about your freedom and your freedom of choice. And, um, you know, God gives us free will. You, you have to take this, uh, thing. <laughs> you, you guys know what I'm talking about. Uh, and people are like, oh, you know, it's, it's really hard. It, you know, it's not that easy. I'm like, actually, yeah, it is. You know, and the Bible literally talks about it. Um, those of you who do not give up everything you have cannot be my disciples. So like, I, I do, I, not that Jesus tests you in, in ways, but you know, life gives you all sorts of circumstances where you have the freedom of choice and this thing is not worth, uh, you know, keeping your job, even if you went to school for it for years, it's so much bigger than just that. Why would you want to stay for, with a job that, doesn't give a crap about your freedoms anyway. Why? Why fight it? Honestly, and I, I firmly believe that uh, God will absolutely provide for you if you come into that circumstance where you're like, wow, I have to, I have to get fired. I'm not going to quit. Like They're going to have to fire me for this. Um, and I've just heard of so many stories of people having to do that and God provides, you know, it's, it's obviously a huge leap of faith and scary and it can be a huge uncertain time, but put your faith in God and he will absolutely deliver and help you out. Like it, it's just the facts, like, um, 
yeah, you know, moving here was to Texas was a huge leap of faith. It was not the comfortable move in terms of like our, our, you know, my husband's job was not going to pay for the move. Like we didn't know he's going to have a job or not. It was just, we didn't know we're doing here. Um, and God has blessed us tenfold more than I could have even imagined. It's really emotional to think about it. Put your faith in him and he will deliver. So I go on the, uh, you know, the last supper scene was amazing to see. There's a, you know, betrayal, like I said, uh, I don't know, Pilate, I think it's called Pilate. Jesus is tried and convicted by the governor, Pontius Pilate. Next is crucifixion. Jesus is crucified with two thieves. That was really rough. Obviously I'm like, wow, am I really watching this? There's an actor up there really like seriously acting out, uh, you know, a crucifixion, not, you know, literally, but you know, he did, he does this whole <gasps> gasping breath thing. Cause I, I don't know if you've heard or not, but crucifixions are, is one of the like worst grueling ways to die that apparently you suffocate one of the ways that, you know, multiple, but you wind up suffocating on your own, um, just weight of your body, the way it's done, like how it's, things are positioned, how you're nailed in the cross. It's very intentional to basically make you suffocate. So, you know, he's acting out, lifting it with his arms, um, being able to breathe and then falls back down. Just really, really, really rough to watch that. But I'm just like, wow. And then I'm like, how are they doing these scenes? Like some of the scenes they turn black and you can tell they obviously can tag someone in or out and change the actor to have a break. But I'm like the Jesus thing. I mean, that scene doesn't go dark. Like it's always lit up. And I'm like, is this guy up here for literally two and a half hours? Wow. I believe it. I mean, talk about character acting. Next is resurrection. The tomb is empty. Jesus rose. Next scene was ascension. Jesus ascending into heaven, gave his disciples a job. And the next is just like a Christmas present. The story of Jesus is taught to our children. At the end of it, they had you uh, enter this room where children are singing uh, Christmas songs. And it was absolutely beautiful. It was just a magical night. And, uh, you know, I really, I was really thrilled to have my in-laws be in areas where they're around people that don't have masks on, uh, you know, as far as like us living in California, where did we go where we are around people like in groups was basically really only grocery stores and that, you know, people are all masked up, especially in California because they will come after you and shout at you because guns aren't a thing there. A well-armed society is a polite society. It's one of my favorite, favorite phrases nowadays because it's so true. You know, Brandon Crouch said that last episode and I'm like, God, it's so true. You know, um, let's see. What else? Uh, yeah, they had hot chocolate. It was just great. I, you know, like I was saying, it's just, I don't think my in-laws have an experience or there's not a situation living in California where you can be around a lot of people that are unmasked and not, you know, basically forget about all this COVID crap. Ah, oh, shit, I said it. Uh, I'm wondering if I can upload this to YouTube or not. Um, I think I can. Yeah. Um, you know, so it, it was just great to be with them and have them literally, they were like, wow, this is like a different country. And I was like, yes, that's what I felt back when I visited Washington, D.C. for Women Pick a D.C. And I went back home to Georgia in March and it really started waking me up. You know, I looked around and I was like, wow, wait a minute. People don't have masks on. They're just living their life. They're just living life, not in fear. It was wonderful. It's wonderful to have that choice, too, when you go into stores here that say, um, you know, different types of signs, but it'll be like, uh, if you're unvaccinated, um, you can choose to wear a mask. It was basically, I forgot how they worded it, but it was a choice. Like, it's not like you have to, or you must. Um, even my husband went into some, I don't know if it was a government run facility. 
And it, the sign said, uh, you know, you have to wear a mask. And he didn't wear a mask and no one said anything. You know, it's typical that the people that are working at these places are masked up. Um, but, you know, the customers don't have to be, which is just yet again amazing. I just, I, I'm always uh, thanking God for that because it's just so great not to have that looming over you, looming over me. Um, so yeah, um, we went to the Austin state Capitol and that was really interesting. I'm going to look in my phone so I can remember what these things said. Um, there were Confederate statues everywhere. And I was like, what? This is amazing. I was so happy to see them that the fact that they were still there and standing is just wonderful. So, uh, let's see this one. Hopefully I can read this. It says CSA, which is the Confederate. I forgot what it means. I should know this by now. Confederate soldier or something. Um, Hoods is Texas Brigade, Army of Northern Virginia, Confederate States of America, 1861 to 1865. Uh, this just talks about, um, I guess, the generals and which regiments. I'm not entirely sure. It says, erected by surviving comrades and friends, A.D. 1910. Quote, Hoods' Texas Brigade shall retain its original formation as long as there is a man left to wave its flag, says President Jefferson Davis of the CSA. The back of the statue had the, it's like a version of the Confederate flag, but it's not. And then the uh, Texas state flag. Oh, I don't know if I can read this one. Um, let me, well, the bottom quote says, they have shown on many battlefields their willingness to die for Dixie, and have a right to wear on their banners the motto of Hampton, no steps backwards, says President Jefferson Davis. Um, I'm going to screenshot this and zoom in because uh, I can't read. I can't, you can't zoom in on stories, unfortunately. Oh, give me one second. Okay, let's see here. This statue seals... My men, okay, phone is deciding not to, okay. My men are crying out, I'm sorry, my men are, men are dying out yonder. Hoods' Texas Brigade at Sharpsburg. General John B. Hood, CSA. Texans, I will lead this charge, General Robert E. Lee said at, uh, I guess, Wilderness. General Lee to the, ooh, I don't know, I can't really read that one. Let's see next. Texans, the eyes of the General Lee are on you. Forward, Texas Brigade, said General John, I think, Greg at Wilderness. All right, these are hard to read, um, just because the lighting is strange. Uh, this one says, the troops of other states have their reputation to gain. The sons of the Alamo have theirs to maintain. Um, I'm not going to read all these because they're kind of hard to read. Um, just really awesome you know, a lot of historical stuff. Heroes of the Alamo statue, 1891, and this is 1836. Um, this says, I shall never surrender or retreat. I think it's some Alamo quote on the same statue. It says, God in Texas, victory or death. Um, this one is a quote that says, There is no danger of a surprise when the rangers are between us and the enemy. General Brigadier, or Brig, I think, Brig, I can't, can't read it. Oh, I'm sorry, General Braxton Bragg. Um, this is the last order. Um, it's a plaque on a statue. Headquarters, Cavalry Corps, April 24th, 1865. Gallant comrades, 
You have fought your fight. Your task is done. During four years of struggle for liberty, you have exhibited courage, fortitude, and devotion. You are the victors of more than 200 sternly contested fields. You have participated in more than 1,000 conflicts of arms. You are heroes, veterans, patriots. The bones of your comrades mark the battlefields of Kentucky, Tennessee, North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, Alabama, and Mississippi. You have done all you, I'm sorry, you have done all that human exertions could accomplish. In bidding you adieu, I desire to tender my thanks for your gallantry in battle, your fortitude under suffering, and the devotion at all times to the holy cause you have done so much to maintain. I desire also to express my gratitude for the kind feeling you have seen fit to extend to myself and to invoke upon you the blessings of our Heavenly Father and the cause of freedom. Comrades in arms, I bid you farewell. Joseph Wheeler, Lieutenant General Common, Commanding Cavalry Corps, Army of Tennessee. Uh, they had this other statue that's the Texas African American History Memorial. It's all about the emancipation, I believe. Uh, yeah, which was actually really amazing. It has these two African Americans standing. One is holding the, I think, Emancipation Proclamation. One's holding the, like, Liberty Flame, and the shackles are broken. And it's really awesome to see that. I thought it was great. Uh, this is the whole nother, again, statue about Southern Confederacy and talks about the Confederates that died and it was erected, um, 1901 by surviving comrades. Uh, it was really cool. It was just really beautiful statue with four male figures and the top has Lincoln. Um, and then this one's about Mexican Americans in the 20th century America, whatever. I highly recommend going to. Um, the Austin State Capitol itself, they have so many statues. I'm like, I don't remember uh, me going to the Atlanta Capitol ever and seeing that. I, I just love seeing statues. I love seeing them still up because I know they're trying to rip, you know, all of them down, especially the Confederate ones. Um, if you're ever in the Austin area, you must go to the Oasis Bar to watch the sunset on Lake Travis, which we finally did. And they have the stupid QR code menus. And I'm like, do you have a... Yeah, I was like, dude, do you do you have a menu, like a physical menu? And she brought out like a uh, Xerox copy of the menu. And I'm like, oh, do you have a drink menu? And she's like, no. And I'm like, really, dude? Like, why go through the effort of having a menu? Because people don't want to do the QR, New World Order crap, programming us. Um, like, then why would you not have a drink menu if you do have a physical menu, like a food menu? I, I don't get it. I just, it, it bothers me when things in life are not consistent. I'm like, well, just do all or nothing then, man. Like, it's just annoying. <laughs> uh, yeah. Austin, like, tries to be, like, Portland. I mean, they have, like, keep it weird. Keep Austin weird. It's such a weird mix of, like, freedom-fighting American patriots and, like, literal leftism hell going on in the same city. It's really strange. Um, so there's that. Yeah. Um, so there's the Austin Chronicle that I picked up that I found to be <sighs> really basically like riddled with evil and satanic stuff. You know, you know, like the magazines that are for free that you can pick up in any big major city. And, you know, usually there's stuff about like sex shops and there's usually weird stuff in there. It's just like independent weirdo magazines and it's just that's I think that's normal I'm not reading this stuff that I'm about to read and being like oh my gosh can you believe all this like I know they're like edgy and we're cool type of thing so I wish I bookmarked this but if you're on my Instagram I went through this and had it on my story anyway uh 
Let's see. There's, you know, Forbidden Fruit, Slappy Holidays Austin, Toys, Lubes, BDSM, Books, Hosiery, Novelties. It's obviously like a sex shop, which is nothing abnormal. Um, there's infuriating, <clears throat> excuse me, cartoon. <laughs> I say cartoon with like air quotes because it's the most passive aggressive weak ass shit I've ever read like ever it's not even remotely funny like the left cannot meme and they cannot make jokes because how can you possibly make jokes about anything if like everyone is a special little snowflake you can't make jokes then because someone's gonna go excuse me I'm offended so this whole thing is like joking about it's supposed to be some um they're trying to make it like it's some gun-toting uh, America freedom-loving person, which I'm like, hell yeah. But then they totally, <laughs> it's just like, it's six panels. It's a white guy. Looks like a dad. It says, the modern world, gun talk with your host, the glib sociopath. And this is the guy talking in little bubbles. If, like me, you are well-intentioned gun owner you are a well-intentioned gun owner who enjoys carrying an AR-15 into volatile situations for, you know, reasons. This is your lucky week. We already knew that many police officers will welcome you and your trusty firearm, at least if you look like a good guy with a gun, which is to say if you have a fair skin complexion, if you know what I mean. But how, I'm sorry, but now we have what I call the Rittenhouse precedent Let's say you somehow find yourself at a protest march surrounded by deranged lunatics who inexplicably perceive the AR-15 you happen to be carrying as a threat. Perhaps they respond with hostility or even try to take your precious gun away from you. Perhaps this leads to a completely unforeseeable altercation, which in no way can be blamed on your innocent exercise of your Second Amendment rights. But not to worry, friends, if you feel threatened in the course of your self-appointed duties as a civic-minded firearms enthusiast, your right to defend yourself has been affirmed. And never mind that case in Georgia. That was a complete aberration. I blame cancel culture. Speaking of self-defense, I feel extremely threatened by school board meetings and local election officials who certify Democratic wins, excuse me, Democrat wins, but that's a topic for next week's show. Until then, stand your ground, patriots. This is totally what the Founding Fathers had on my head. <sighs> it's so, it's so, I mean, first of all, not even remotely funny. Not, I'm not saying that because I'm like, I'm offended. How dare they poke fun at freedom-loving, gun-carrying uh, patriots. It's more like, um, it's just not even, it's not funny. Like, it's dumb. It's, uh, uh, who said this? Oh, Norm Macdonald said this. It's so brilliant and so true. You can't make jokes about people that you hate. If you hate them, it's never going to be funny. It's going to be like passive aggressive and like full of hatred. Uh, it just doesn't work that way. You have to like the person and like poke fun at them and then it's going to be funny. Anyway, that was just ridiculous. Um, let's see here. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, I don't know. Like that one's what? Oh Lord, this article ad says community transmission of COVID nineteen can be stopped. No, it can't, dude. Like this is a total lie. All right, this is definitely not going on YouTube. Oops. <laughs> community transmission of COVID nineteen can be stopped. Go to vaccines.gov to find a free vaccine site near you. Uh, wait, what? Wow. Wow. 
If you are 18 years of age or older, work in a high-risk career business, um, this is basically, okay, I'll keep reading it, never mind, uh, have underlying medical conditions like diabetes, asthma, cancer, chronic diseases, and autoimmune conditions, or are overweight, you qualify to get a booster shot and help your community. That is so sick. I mean, if you have comorbidities, like if you have asthma, diabetes, or cancer, or any of that shit, this will literally make you, like, it's going to be even worse. I've heard time and again of people that have had cancer and have kicked that cancer and then get the vaccine and then their cancer comes back and they die. Like, this is so predatory. It's, it's, uh, bananas. Uh, yeah. Wish list. There was something in there that was messed up. I don't remember. Let's see. Um, uh, this is some gift ideas for politically and civic, civically minded. It's like a holiday gift guide that says state government Santa. And, you know, you buy, you buy like shot glasses and a wine glass that has like the state or like the capital of Austin emblem on it. Like what? Bizarre. This ad like freaking kills me. A John Waters Christmas. It says filthier and merrier. And it's a cartoon of John Waters stabbing out his effing eye and it's bleeding out on his arm. Like, what kind of sick fuck looks at that and goes, oh my god, I love, this is funny, I want to go see, I love, yes! Like, who? You need a, you need psychological help if you think that's funny, okay? This one, oh, this ad, the Purple Fig Eco Cleaning Co., natural and pet safe, 100% local, no franchises, committed to our employees, sounds fine so far, right? Here, here let me go. The safest cleaning company in your home during this time. excuse me, and they're all, there's like eight of them in the ad, some are wearing a mask, they're holding the queer trans flag up, I'm like, oh my lord, puke, which, yeah, the safest cleaning, we we will make it really safe for you, by coming to your home and indoctrinating you, yay, yeah, um, let's see here, Oh, let's see that on the calendar. Anime Wonderland at the Guzu Gallery. Anime, like the world needs anime. No, no, we don't. Um, no. This is culture, double feature. It's books called, one of them says warped and one says faded. Wow, sounds really lovely and very warm and just, mm, I love it. I really want to read a book that has like a dead, this person looks soulless on this cover. It's like a, ugh. Oh, Lord, this one's like everything weird. And then visually horrifying stunners on this headline. Next one is a, I guess, DVD ad that says Bleeding Skull, a 1990s trash horror odyssey. Uh, Okay, no. Uh, And this headline says The Evil One. I'm like, just all, there's so much like evil shit in this magazine. It's it's wild. I, I think it's because I'm more, I'm closer to God now that I can really see you know, how how evil just lurks at every corner. This is five things, headlines. It's the culture section. It says, for supercharging your personal locally sourced library. Let's see. I can't read in this freaking closet. <laughs> your bookshelves and even your coffee table deserve what's brilliant and locally produced, whether those things are composed mostly of words or mostly of images or of some compelling combination of both. Here's an eclectic selection of recent works from talented locals. Here we go. <clears throat> summer fun it's called that's the name of the book not jean thornton's first novel but her first for literary powerhouse soho press this musically rich story follows the exploits of a young trans woman gala 
who works at a hostel in Truth or Consequences, New Mexico, and is obsessed with the Get Happies, a quintessential night. Whatever. I'm just like, absolutely not. Vomit. No. Nah. No. Um, this is the whole section of art listings. Mark the calendar for John Waters Christmas. <laughs> More theater stuff. Opening. Kin Song, Ode to Disability Ancestors. UT, I guess University of Texas, Department of Theater and Dance presents this virtual access digital performance ritual. This cybernetic seance conceived and directed by blah, 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 and crafted from monologue, dialogue, puppetry, song, and dance to call upon the ghosts of our disability ancestors, waking them from their unmarked graves to join us in an act of mourning, celebration, and care. What in the ever-loving fuck? Jesus save us all, hell, heaven. What, what, the, what, the, what the fuck? Okay? This is wild. It's so demonic. Like, yay, come participate in an actual seance. Yay! Wow. Ritual and seance. Dear Lord. Come on. Oh, half this stuff says, like, you know, it's a mural tour. Grab a bike and join the artsy wheelists of blah, blah, blah. To learn more about the notable women, performers, and activists depicted on several murals and mosaics throughout Central and South Austin. I'm like, really? Are they actually women, though? I seriously freaking doubt it. There's this whole page. Uh, community, which actually cracks me up because I'm like, QAnon? Oh. All right. Here we go. By Beth Sullivan. Quote, death before decency. How's that for some holiday cheer? Blame it on this week's Chronicle gift guide issue, but I've been reminiscing about some of my most treasured gifts. This is going to be so hard to read. Of queer years past. At the top of that list lies a very special metal AF emblazoned t-shirt <laughs> gifted to me some years ago by Austin-turned-Canadian Les Racker. Gretchen Phillips. Like any memorable gift... It carries a fascinating story. In the early 80s, the so-called Austin Citizens for Decency, this is so vomitous, collected enough signatures to hold an election on a housing ordinance that if passed would legalize discrimination based on sexual orientation. This, understandably, was a BFD. I asked my husband, I was like, BFD is a like big fucking deal. And I was like, oh, God. As many have recounted to me in their retellings of the cause celebre. I don't know what if that's French or Hispanic, Mexican, I don't know. In response, a fierce opposition forum, largely led by Citizens for a United Austin, created by the now-defunct Austin Lesbian-slash-Gay Political Caucus. Why is that now-defunct? Probably because lesbian and gay is like, Transphobic. <laughs> Around this same time, Gretchen, fresh out of high school in Houston, landed in Austin, where one such day she found her way to an anti-ACD fundraiser replete... Okay, this is boring. Next... For a queer Austin history freak, I'll always treasure having my very own piece of that history. <sighs> uh, more importantly, Gretchen's generosity will always remind me of the importance and legacy of queers helping, supporting, rallying, and appreciating other queers with the holidays approaching. <sighs> I'm good. Like, this shirt literally has, like, a skull and crossbones, and it says, Death Before Decency. What does it even fucking mean? Seriously. Can someone explain that to me? To do! Austin Gaiman's chorus returns to the stage with an array of musical styles ranging from Broadway to gospel, which, by the way, blasphemy, to fill St. Martin's with holiday spirit. 
That's at a uh, Lutheran church, by the way. Just throwing that one out there. Haul a gay market. Make the Yuletide gay and slay with LGS and Eastside pop-up. Oh, yeah. And then uh, it's got a, a drag Santa photo booth. Like drag, you know, men wearing women's clothing. So what does that mean? Does that mean a woman in male clothing dressing up as Santa? Uh, a craft area for kids in a village of vendors and makers. I'm like, why? Why? Why are kids involved in a homosexual gathering of any sort? I don't care what it is. Homosexuality is a, a sexuality. Why are you involving children? Come on. I'm so tired of that shit. No, in, in no way, shape, or form is that appropriate. You are, you are delusional. You've been lied to. And you are blind to the truth if you are participating in that garbage. Absolute garbage. Like taking an elementary school kid group to a gay bar? A gay bar? Why? Indoctrination. There's no other reason. Yes, that actually happened in Florida not that long ago, like a month ago, maybe. Queued up. Britney's unbearable. I don't know why they titled this. Birthday bash. Oh, baby, baby. The Diva Ball, dedicated to the greatest divas. LGBTQIA Community Health and Resource Fair, plus a holiday craft fair. What? I don't know what this, again, like, I don't even know. Surratt Union Suit Party and Food Drive. Do something nice if you plan to be naughty. I don't even want to know. P.S. You Matter. Live storytelling. <laughs> you matter. Hi, I'm a stranger and I'm going to tell you that you matter. These people are so fucking fragile. They need the world around them to be like, you matter, you matter, you matter, you matter, you matter. Grow a pair. Grow the fuck up. Life sucks. Life is really hard. Um, and it, like, No one needs to be coddled. It's not even helping you. It turns into a fragile snowflake. This one makes me laugh because all of these uh, events have like a tiny explanation on what it is. This one says nothing. It says it's just called Gear Night and it's at the Iron Bear. You know it's BDSM shit where obviously men are fucking each other openly and blowjobs and or ugh, whatever debauchery. Gay shit. Self-care holiday for Austin's, Austin's QTBIPOC communities. Brunch with the Breck Becky's holiday holiday gay fun and Beepa app launch party. Talk on I don't know, Dragula watch anyway. That's all the local events. How how exciting. I bet people are like, oh my god, Lindsay's a bigger car, couple little you said. I don't believe in homosexuality, alright? I don't. Um, you know, I'm not the one to judge. You can you can literally do whatever you want in your life. You're a free human being in person, but I have no problem saying that I don't believe in that shit. I don't. I, I believe it's a trap, and only Satan would want you to be in a homosexual relationship, lesbian or or gay man. I said it. I'm probably gonna lose. I'm already, if I haven't lost you by now, like <laughs> okay. Anyway, this one is freaky and uh, not a fan. This is another section in the culture. It says other worlds, other rooms. And this person's wearing a like, um, you know. Mad Max, the new one, that, that bad guy has a, like, <laughs> breathing thing, apparatus on his face. This girl has that on. N not that, but it, I don't even, it looks dystopian, and she looks really terrified. Uh, ESSA Film Festival foresees a hybrid future for its in-person return. And I'm like, no! 
no, transhumanism, uh, metaverse, like all this stuff is designed to take you out of reality. And I say, run away, resist, resist, resist this. This is beyond not, this is beyond like, you know, playing God and creating your own reality. Um, you will have nothing and be happy. Anyway, let me read this article. Hybrids have always been the future, whether it's Dr. Moreau's human-animal hybrids, the Terminator with flesh over metal, uh, or Data growing a metaphorical human heart under his synthetic skin. The ability to combine the new and the old has been central to science fiction. So as the pandemic continues, it's no surprise that other worlds, Austin's film festival with an electronic eye to the possible future. What? This is so freaking occult. It's not even funny. I mean, if you've seen the Travis Scott shit, same shit. Um, let me get on, go on there. Uh, is keeping the streaming component it launched last year, even as it returns to the Galaxy Highland for theatrical screenings. We knew we want to be in person no matter what, said founder, blah, 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 blah. But we also knew it won't be fair to compromise, uh, won't be fair to some people who were immunocompromised or just don't feel comfortable yet to have to miss the festival. God. Oh, if you're terrified to go outside and go see a festival, then you're, you're not living. You're already dead. You're already dead. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, thematically, many of the titles deal with a couple of themes. Claustrophobia, okay, are dealing with the consequences of a new and ubiquitous technology. Oh, creepy. And that speaks to our drive right now to get to the next thing. Uh, okay. However, that's not directly been inspired by the pandemic. Uh, in fact, only one feature, Underworld's Horror Strand selected Selection Wicked Games, was filmed during the pandemic. What? This sounds horrible. The visual effects are better than we expect, and there are more of them. After her hairstyling horror, the stylist played as part of the festival's Return of the Galaxy. I, I, honestly, I don't know. I don't even know what the hell I'm reading. I'm like, what? Uh, I don't know. Um, I'm good. <laughs> no. Apparently, it's some film festival. I don't even know. It's at Galaxy Highland. And then it's, it streams also Other Worlds Film Fest. I should probably go to that link. I want to know. All right, I found the website, and it's just as horrible as I imagined. These are the events. Go to it. It's otherworldsfilmfest.com, by the way. And look at this. Uh, okay, uh, blah, blah, blah. Um, Turn of the Screw, Lingering Visions, Nova, uh, I don't know. Uh, S. Luna, A Hard Problem, Tune Into the Future, Minor Premise, Founder's Choice, Looker, Hell is Empty, Red Snow, Sight Extended, When I Consume You, Dark Cloud, Lingering Visions, Ultrasound, Wicked Games, Keeping Company, uh, Sunday's Events, Homebody, The Haunt of Guy Withers, Take Back the Night, The Alternate, Defender of the Universe, why are they playing Fly the Navigator, that's freaky, Boy Number 5, Wicked Games, Residents of Arcadia, wow, that is, this is a purely occult demonic event without a doubt, this is insane, this is insane, I know who would enjoy looking at this and, and um, dissecting it, the D programmer. This is fucked up. This is so bizarre. Like, this is... This is like, um... 
this is so reminiscent of uh Travis Scott's shit. What the fuck? Dude, look at their um Oh my god. Uh Wow, unreal. It has a a t-shirt of Satan hugging a sentient being. Oh my lord, it's not even hugging, it's ripping out the person's back and it says pleased to meet you. Oh my lord. Oh my god. And this one has it says Underworld's Austin with the pentagram and then like zombies and and um intestines and biohazard suit thing. What the fuck? Who looks at this and goes, oh my god, yay. This is so dark. Oh my god, I hate it. Jesus, in the name of Jesus Christ, blood, I repent this. I, I, I get it out of here. Please protect anyone that sees this website. Man, that is really dark. Much darker than I could have even imagined, to be honest. But how am I even remotely surprised? Like, this whole magazine is, like, like I said, really demonic. All right, here we go. On to, this is so unbearable. I'm like, <laughs> I've already had to read this to my husband because I just couldn't believe it. Like, page after page is evil, 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 despair, doom, and gloom. That's what Satan loves. And, and this is so crazy. It's, it's like, I used to think these magazines were, like, fun and, like, ooh, fun stuff to do in the city. Anyway, this is uh, still on the culture thing, and it's, I guess, uh, movie premieres or something. This is called Wolf. Quote, for he who makes a beast of himself gets rid of the pain of being a man, end quote. That often abused quote attributed to Samuel Johnson is not really about animals at all. The writer was musing on why humans indulge their baser instincts. But what if those animalistic passions and callings could be seen as the true nature and cruelty and gluttony are two-legged flaws? In Wolf, the uncomfortable character study by Natalie blah blah blah, Jacob truly believes that he is a wolf, or rather that he should be. What he sees and feels is not right. His nose too short to be a snout. His singers too soft for pads. <laughs> I'm gonna throw up. Uh, his thighs too bony to be haunches. That's why he's been sent to a medical facility to get better, to be as human on the inside as he is outside. Specifically, wolf may seem like an entry into the queer canon. And it's not hard to see superficial similarities between the facility and a gay conversion therapy facility uh, or to superimpose transphobia onto Jacobs's diagnosis of species dysphoria. What am I reading? Next. But Bayan Cherry isn't trying for some overt one-for-one metaphor, meaning this also isn't a furry story or a stealthy lycanthropic tale. It's broader, more... These people must... Anyway, it's broader, more... amorphous amorphous and opaque a questioning of identity within societal constraints of what it takes to fit in and asking at what point one rejects the limits of normal because it's impossible to comply what at the same time there's no easy liberation the other resident this is so long like why are you reading the movie anyway okay the other residents are incapable of functioning within human society but needed support system to survive if that makes it seem like there are no easy answer here, it's because there are none to be found in this bleak and restrained drama. Bayan Cherry doesn't romanticize the plight of the patients, nor does the story homogenize them. Why am I reading this? Ugh. Species dysphoria is only a name, and it's, <laughs> it's hard to see the connection between Jacob and the boy who thinks he's a squirrel, or the girl who mocks the medical staff by Parrots' mimicry. Uh, that girl sounds based. Maybe there's some kinship with the wildcat who seems most at odds with the strictures of humanity. Oh, this is so exhausting to read. One more, one more paragraph. Are you still with me? I value you for listening. And Anyway, uh, I continue. 
And how could the bipedal existence seem alluring when it's represented by Patty Constantine as one of the staff, named, nicknamed the zookeeper? His cruelty is extraordinary. This person sounds based. And Constantine's stomach-churning performance would fit perfectly into Alan Clark's still unmatched depiction of British institutional brutality scum. I guess the name of the movie. No thanks. Yes, it's really McKay's per- physical physicality that makes what Brian Cherry intends so clear as the shell-shocked runner in Sam Mendes's Great War epic. Uh, he, uh, what am I reading? Like, I'm just lost at this point. It's a dance of meaning and inner conflict, one that must have placed impossible burdens on his body. Mm-hmm. That's what I say to that. And one that is impeccably captured by a cinematographer. In, it's in his hollow eyes and the roll of his shoulder that McKay sums up the choices Jacob faces. Johnson, it seems, was wrong. It's not about getting rid of pain. It's about choosing which kind to endure. I don't know. Maybe, like, find Jesus and you won't be living in pain. This image is so demonic and dark. I hate looking at it. It's this boy who is clearly trying to be a girl in a bathtub, has, like, whiskers painted on his face, and is looking up all of a massive scowl. Like, I'm probably, maybe I'll put images in this podcast. I'm probably going to be all over the place. Because it takes time to put and match them up. And I'm not writing down the numbers. Ah, Maybe I will. We'll see. Um, yeah. So let's see. Anything else? Probably. Like when is there not? Uh, okay. Blah, blah, blah. Music for your holiday list. Pussy Gillette. A little devil in America. <laughs> like what? Jeez. Oh, Ay ay ay. Uh anyway. Yakety schmackety. Okay. Um then the back has ads and it's like semen donors needed. Hundred dollars per specimen. Healthy college educated males eighteen to thirty nine years old. Yikes. I'm like, oh this it's so predatory. They prey on college students who don't have money. Ay ay ay. Don't do that shit either. Like God almighty. Like, just give away your DNA, like, for free. Well, I guess they're paying you. Woo, $100. Totally worth it, right? No. Anywho, that's all for now. I hope you guys have a wonderful, blessed holidays and Christmas, Hanukkah, whatever you celebrate. I hope Jesus is involved with that. And if if he isn't, then I recommend um, looking it up and finding a church near you, honestly. Just, uh, you know, like I say, Churches are like trying to find a hair salon or a dentist. You know, if, if one doesn't jive with you, keep going. And um, I promise you, you'll find the one that you'll find that fits your needs. Um, I'd say pray about it, too. That can definitely be helpful. Um, yeah, I guess that's all. Thank you guys so much for listening. I really do appreciate each and every one of you. And I get such sweet comments and DMs from y'all. Um, you know, on my subscribe star, I get really beautiful comments. And I'm very, very warmed and um, I'm just happy that I have this effect on people's lives. And every time I, every, before each podcast, I pray to God that he'll use me to, you know, bring his message to you guys and find peace and happiness and whatnot. And I'm just happy that it's getting through to people. And you can support my podcast by donating through PayPal, which is paypal.me forward slash LP foster kittens. Again, that's paypal.me forward slash LP foster kittens. Or you can become a monthly uh, subscriber, which is a, you know, donate or it's, you get it. I'm a, a monthly subscriber. I'm a subscribestar.com forward slash distorted lens. Again, that's subscribestar.com 
forward slash distorted lens. You can reach out to me on Instagram, which is distorted lens 2.0. I'm on Twitter as flicker of truth, but right now I'm on a 12 hour ban <laughs> because McDonald's tweeted out some stupid ass uh, tweet about Mariah Carey and she was in it and it was written all like youth like, you know, whatever. And I was like, yay, get fat and die America. And I, I forgot that sarcasm doesn't read well on the internet, especially Twitter. So I was like, oh, cool. My sarcasm got a 12 hour ban. How very typical of me. I thought it was some like, I don't know. Anyway, uh, thank you. Thanks again for listening and hang in there and talk to God. And, you know, I promise you he'll move through you and, and your life and in ways that you never thought possible, honestly. It's just one of those things you have to experience for yourself. And it's it's a personal journey that you only you and God will have alone. Um, where I can talk about my journey all the time, obviously, and my testimony. But, you know, it, it's one of those things that you have to experience for yourself. And it's waiting. It's waiting if you have not asked Jesus into your heart. And to just start talking to God, really. Like, just people are like, I don't know how to pray. I'm like, that's fine. Just talk to him like you're talking to a friend, honestly. All right, so that's all for now. Uh, God bless you all. Merry Christmas.